Good afternoon, Lake Norman and beyond. Welcome to this week's Know the Scene. I'm your host, Justin Dion, coming at you live from the WSIC station here in Cornelius, the studio, Cornelius Studio. Uh, welcome, everybody. Hope you're having a great week. It's Tuesday. So we're still getting started. Still time to turn it around in case your, your Monday was sour. Still time to keep making it great if your Monday was great. So let's, we're going to help you with that today. Either one of those, I think, are going to help you with that today uh, here on today's Know the Scene. Uh, so, uh, so excited to have you all here. Uh, this week, we got a special show. Uh, we got a special guest. But before we jump to our guest this week, um, just a couple, uh, you know, a couple updates about things that are going on, right? We've got uh, busy things and events and everything going on here around uh, the Lake Norman region. I uh, hope you're listening to that community calendar that WSIC puts out. You can also check it out online and make sure you're seeing all the different events that are going on. Uh, we had a great weekend last weekend. I know, especially in Cornelius, we had a, a second Friday that was very busy downtown. And then we had a sold out uh, comedian, Jeff Allen, performed at the Kane Center on Friday night, did great. And then we had the, the Charlotte Symphony perform Saturday afternoon. Uh, great, great performance and show there. Uh, Kane Center has a weekend off this weekend as far as uh, no performances, so my team is excited for that. Uh, Bill, you got any big plans this weekend? Uh, no, I'm not doing too much. No? Okay, good. Yeah, me neither. Renfest. Renfest. Yeah, that's right. Renaissance, Renaissance Festival is going on right now. Big one, big one. North Carolina's Renaissance Festival is one of the largest. I'm going to dress like a wizard. Uh, like a wi- you would. You would be a <laughs> wizard. Um, you would. Um, Bill and uh, and uh, the, you know North Carolina's Renaissance Festival. By the way, if, if if anyone here isn't familiar and hasn't been, you've got to go. I think it's the biggest one in the whole U.S. I mean, it really is. It's 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 large and it's a it's a great time. You should definitely check it out. It runs all the way through the end of November or like mid November. So you've got time if you haven't gone yet. Um, but then, so after this weekend, taking off at Kane Center, um, which doesn't mean there's not anything going on. By the way, there's still lots going on this weekend here in Lake Norman Region, right? Lots of stuff. Check out our, our uh, you know, uh, uh, downtown Cornelius uh, folks down there, like Old Town Public House and Thig. See what's going on there. Go to Davidson. Check out what's going on at Summit Coffee, some of those spots. And then, uh, of course, uh, keep an eye out on all our local breweries that do a great job of putting on events. Hit up a pumpkin patch or something like that. It's fall. It's fall time. Um, and it's going to be great weather. This is the first time we've had an actual fall in years, I feel like, in this time of the year. So we're excited. But, uh, but after this weekend... Um, next weekend, we have a performance by a magician named Eric Jones, who's coming to the center. We're going to have him on the show next week. But today, we're going to talk um, with the gentleman who is bringing the first ever gospel choir to Kane Center for the Arts. Trey McLaughlin is coming uh, to Kane Center in two weekends, everybody, November 4th and 5th. He will be at the Kane Center. We're going to talk to Trey today. Trey, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. How are you doing? Pretty good. I cannot complain. Yeah, you said it had been a long day of singing already. What you been yes. what you been what you been getting ready? You getting ready for the tour? <laughs> no, I teach at the local college here, so uh some things to do at the school and then I had a funeral right before this, so oh. always working. Yes, sir. What what uh so help us where where is here? Where is here for you? So I'm located in Augusta, Georgia, born and raised um, pretty much my whole life. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So Trey's, Trey's, uh, Trey McLaughlin himself is a fantastic uh, and established performer and musician and talent, but he's also got his Sounds of Zamar that are coming with him 
to Kane Center and and going on a you guys have a route. I mean y'all are y'all have a string of I mean how big is your overall tour again that you're doing this uh this fall? Yeah, we're doing a lot of cities. They all seem to run together after a while. We're so used to doing it, but <laughs> sure. uh, we start off in Mexico, we end up coming back here and then we go South Carolina, North Carolina and then to Virginia. Then in February we're in Canada and um I'm in Detroit, uh, Flint, Colorado. It's uh, so many places. Yeah, yeah. You're going to Harrisonburg in November as well, Virginia. Yes. And that uh, yeah. on that string, that'll be nice. One of our one of our musicians a couple weeks ago is from Harrisonburg to Steel Wheels. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Trey. So so tell us. Um. You know, man. We'd love for you to just take a take a minute and tell us all about like yourself and and your story. Yeah, definitely. Um, born and raised here in Augusta, Georgia. Um, I've been singing since I was about four. Um, and it kind of went from there. I ended up going to a performing arts magnet school and majoring in voice and then uh, going on to college at the Columbus State University and majoring in vocal performance with emphasis in vocal pedagogy. Um, wow. I thought I was going to be an opera singer. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> but uh, I kind of got into it and didn't like it as much. So. Okay. What What was it? If you don't mind me asking, so so what what was it that was different about? Like, what changed that for you? I mean, I guess you. I mean, you probably still have a passion for opera. Oh, definitely. Of course, yeah. right? I'm still but teaching. But just didn't um, want to. Just didn't want to chase that side of things. What What changed? No, there. The opera careers are very strict vocally. Um, just because of what is required, you know, I can't go out and scream musical theater for an hour and a half or two and then expect to be pristine the next day to sing Puccini. Right. It doesn't work that way. So I think it was the amount of uh, care that it took to do it. Uh, that was one thing. And um, I didn't want to not be able to sing the other styles of music that I love as much as I want. Not to say that you can't if you're an opera singer, but not as much as I want and um, still be able to have a lucrative opera career. I just, I love opera, but I realized that it wasn't for me. That wasn't my thing for a career. Okay. What was, so what was your, what's your, what's your range, your, your vocal range that you, that you like to sing in? I actually would be considered a baritone. Uh, my tone is very bright, so people usually think that I'm a tenor because I can get pretty high. I kind of would have. I kind of would have just guessed right now, like a tenor. Yeah, but it, it's not about what you can sing; it's about where you can live. Interesting. And I definitely could not sing a tenor role, sure. like where I'm singing that for like three hours in a show. That that wouldn't uh, work. So because real tenor yeah, is getting way up baritone. there, like. Oh yeah, I mean way, way, way up there. I'm not that guy, but I can fake it. <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> I'm faking for a little bit, but not three hours a night, five nights a week. Yeah. Can't do it. We got to come down. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, that's awesome, man. So, um, so we got just a few minutes. Um, I got what, Bill? We got like a minute. You said before break. All right, I'm trying to. I, I, I sometimes I do this thing where like if I'm not careful, I'll ask you the wrong question with like a minute to answer. Um, so, so I'm, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that for, uh, for when we come back after break. But uh, again, everyone, uh, Trey McLaughlin and the sounds of Zamar are coming 
to uh, to Kane Center for the Arts in two weekends. First weekend of November there. Two performances. Two performances. A Saturday night and then a Sunday afternoon. Like a Sunday revival was kind of my... When we talked about Sunday afternoon, I was like, let's do it like, like late afternoon, like, like kind of like revival style, you know? Yes. Um, so I'm excited to have them. We're going to talk more with Trey after this break, everybody. I want to hear all about, um, you know, what got you inspired to sing, man. Like how, how Zamar came about, the Zamar experience. Like how did that come about? And, uh, and what, audience is, what audiences can expect when they come to Kane Center. So y'all stick with us. We're going to come back right after the break. It's Know the Scene. Here we come. Know the scene is back. Everybody, it's Tuesday. Having some chats here Tuesday afternoon. Getting ready for uh, the rest of the week. Hope everybody's doing good. Uh, Hope you all enjoyed last week, by the way, our conversation that we had with Charlotte Symphony um, uh, conductor uh, Christopher James Lees. He was fantastic. He's awesome. So, uh, so, but we're here today with Trey McLaughlin. He's going to be performing again. Uh, we talked about it before the break, performing at Kane Center with The Sounds of Zamar, um, his group there as well, he and his group. Uh, so, but before the break, he kind of gave us a quick, a quick background of himself, but I wanted to unpack that a little bit, Trey, and see, you know, tell me what was it, because one of the things I like to really focus on when we get awesome musicians like you on the show is, you know, I love to have people here, like, what... What was that? What's your story, man? I mean, like, as far as like, what was your why, right? What was that moment for you that just clicked when it came to, I want to be, well, before even what you're doing now, I want to be an opera singer or, you know, like what, what was it? Well, I definitely always wanted to be a singer. Um, Really, once I found out when I was four that I could be a singer, like, that could be my job. I never wanted to do anything else. So I've always wanted to sing. I think my mom has always done a good job of putting me in position to be exposed to music and different types and styles of music just because of her personal likes, a lot of musical theater and all that kind of stuff. Those old musical movies, we'd watch those and um, listen to a lot of different things on the radio. So that was always dope. Be growing up around musicians at my local church and also at the college where my mom worked was a big influence on me to want to pursue music. And then when I got to high school is when I started with classical music and I could make the sounds. So my teachers pushed me to pursue a career in opera That's because... Wonderful. Of you know, of course, if you can make the sounds, they're like, listen, you could be somebody great. Um, and then when I got to college, they my teachers kind of continued to push me in the direction of opera. Honestly, my voice teacher told me to quit the gospel choir. But what he didn't huh. know oh. is at the time I was directing the gospel uh, choir. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Did that, so wait, was that was that like on the DL, like like with because like you're not not supposed to be quote unquote doing that on the side, right? Like side hustle, right? And didn't you're we all not, have those? Not classical, yes. So <laughs> Any of us that went to school for the arts, like we all, our professors told us you only do this, but we all had a little side hustle, like we, we all did. All had a side hustle. That's right. So <laughs> I ended up taking over the gospel choir my uh, the end of my freshman year, going into my sophomore year. Now, what school is this? Um, 
at Columbus State University. Okay. It's in Columbus, Georgia. And the name of the music school is the Schaub School. It's actually a conservatory now. Wow. They have a separate music campus, and it was kind of a world-renowned opera school, which is why I wanted to go there. Oh, wow. Yeah. And my teacher is well-known in the opera community. Uh, Dean Earl Coleman was everything. But in any case, he was also very hard on me <laughs> about being in the gospel choir my freshman year. So my sophomore year, I want to say, I came into a voice lesson like vocally tired. And well, what he said was vocally tired. But again, you know, your voice teachers can hear even the littlest change. And he told me, he said, I told you to quit that gospel choir. And I'm thinking, I can't quit the gospel choir because I direct it now. I'm not just (laughs) in it. (laughs) So is that, so the reason that they're, they're asking you to not to not do any anything else is because the is the thought that you know you should like use your voice as little as possible so vo- like you're on vocal yes. rest except for when you're not performing i mean yes. except when you're performing Be- the the thought process is that you need to be preserving your voice for your lessons and for your repertoire so that you can perform well. So even with choir stuff, you know, we're all as vocal majors required to be in choir, but they didn't want us to do too much in choir because they don't want you to be vocally tired. And also, once again, singing opera music, especially the type of repertoire he had me and some of my other colleagues who were kind of near the top, uh, at the school, singing is strenuous, and you want to make sure that you are in the best vocal health possible to be able to do it and do it safely. So it came from a good place. Right, of you course. Know, he, I mean, he, their he teachers aren't going to lead you down. Yeah. Right. He wasn't being a hater. He really just wanted me to be at my best. Um, but I do feel like God had other plans for me in that because even after I graduated, I just knew I was going to be an opera singer and I kind of got into it and was like, uh, I enjoy this, but I also don't want to not sing at church because I have to sing the Messiah on Thursday, you know? So it was, all of that was a big conflict for me, but, um, God made it work so that I could do both in a way. I still get to teach, classical singers. I still get to uh, do all county and all state choirs, all district honor choirs as a clinician, which is more on the classical side. And then I get to teach grad courses to classical students who uh, want to know more about rote teaching and gospel music. So it's been um, a great use of my educational journey in my career. Wow. So so right now, so you're you're teaching... Um, right now, and mm-hmm. where where what's the college or university you're teaching at right now? Right now, I'm teaching at Payne College, which is a HBCU here in Augusta, Georgia, and actually where I kind of got my start oh. in being exposed to gospel choir music because my mom was the uh, staff advisor for the gospel choir growing up, which is kind of how I ended up oh, being in neat. rehearsals and singing parts, other than church. I mean, of course, at church, but uh, that was a higher level of exposure. And then I've taught grad courses at um, a college in Washington State, which is escaping me right now, just because. So Angela Casper is a good friend of mine. Um, I t- on the pandemic, and I'll actually be back there in February. I've also taught at uh, University of St. Thomas, which is a grass course where grad students would come to me 
and stay with me for a week from like early in the morning till in the evening. They have my class all day. Oh, wow. For a week, we talk about the impact of gospel music on music in America. Um, I've got to do workshops at uh, Harvard, um, Florida State University, Go and knows. a few other schools. I'll say that again. That's, sorry, that's where I went to grad school. Go Knowles. Florida State. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah, I went to graduate school down at Florida State. I love it. That's a big grad school. A lot of my colleagues and classmates wanted to go to Florida State for uh, grad school, but I used to beat them at Nats. I don't know when you were there, but I used to kick their butt <laughs> at Nats, the regional uh, competition. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, was, no, I, was, I was in the theater department graduate, oh, okay. the, the, the School of Fine Arts graduate school. They were the theater program. Um, yeah, they were big competition for us. Them and Stetson were big competition for Stetson? us. Stetson's also in Florida. Oh, I know that. I'm, I'm not sure where, but they're also in Florida. I think it, it may be a private school, but... No, are they, these like gospel competitions? No, this was Nats. It's a National Association of Teachers of Singing. It's classical music competition. Oh. They did have a musical theater um, edition, like a part of it, but... It was mostly people singing arias and stuff. Wow. And Florida State was a huge competition for us. But y'all also had a really good musical theater program, too. Yeah, all oh, they do. Yeah, their undergraduate program in musical theater is, is really sharp. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I heard a lot about them when I was getting ready to go. Yeah, it was but wild. I all the way to Florida. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the undergrads there. The undergrad musical theater program there is super, super, like, competitive and, yeah. and very... Yeah, to get into. I was, thank God I was there for graduate school because I would not have gotten in probably to the <laughs> undergraduate program. And I was there for theater management. So even, 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 even better. Not that it wasn't competitive, just not as cutthroat <laughs> as those performers get, man. You know how performers get. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so, so, so you always, so you grew up singing gospel like just in general like right like just in church growing mm -hmm. up gospel just a part of alternative rock oh. all, of, all of those things because my mom used to listen to some of those so i kind of heard a little bit of everything and of course we listened to r&b music and of course we listened to a lot of gospel sure. but i got exposure to a lot of different things just because of what my mom liked because she's kind of artsy too that's awesome what um now she's a teacher you said no, she works at the college. She was the assistant registrar. Oh, she I'm still sorry. Is. I thought I heard I, I heard worked the college and I thought teacher. And with you being a teacher, I thought maybe like that was like kind of tie-in. Um, but that's awesome. Hey, registrars are super important. Yes, they make sure you get it done. Yeah. And she's been working there for over 40 years. Wow. And I'm not 40 yet. So congrats, I've mom. Literally grown up in that school. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, uh, so, Bill, we're close to another break, right? Yep. All right, well, uh, we're, we're going to go to break again, everybody. Um, we will be back here um, shortly after the break with more Trey to talk more about uh, Sounds of Zamar and his experience and w what's coming to the Kane Center. Be right back after the break. Know the scene. <laughs> Welcome back. 
Welcome back to Know the Scene. Still talking with Mr. Trey and the Sounds of Zamar coming to Kane Center in a few uh, in a few weeks. Uh, so Trey, we're gonna continue continue what we've been talking about, man. So so you know so you were already out of school when you you said you were you were working to be an opera you you know were heading to be an opera singer and then you just decided that that was just gonna rest- if I if I'm if I'm saying it correctly it it was gonna restrict kind of too much of the other music that you loved right like you yes. you just have love for so many different kinds of music that yeah the 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 hyper focus of being an opera singer was going to kind of force you to not be able to perform the other kinds of music that you like singing and doing yes so is that Absolutely. is that what so what do you do like what did you do when you had that realization so it, it kind of happened through experience um, I was doing some classical things and then I started to get invitations to do other things, uh, come lead praise and worship at a church or to be a soloist here or there. And um, that was when I kind of realized that I enjoy doing that more than opera. Um, and it came more naturally to me because of how I grew up. Um, and the way the group came about was uh, I would start asking them to come with me to sing when I would get these invitations because, believe it or not, I'm actually kind of shy. I, <laughs> I can turn it on and off. I'm I'm a showman, sure. but I show up much better when I'm in the company of people I love and trust. Sure. And um, I was asking my friends to come sing background for me, and they would start to sing my arrangements because I've always rearranged other people's music since I was a child. I've always done that. And so they would sing my arrangements, and we'd get invitations to go places, and they would say, oh, can y'all sing that arrangement of Chasing, or can you sing your arrangement of Oh, How Wondrous, or whatever it is that we're singing at the time. And from there is how we became a group. So I kind of fell into the other stuff because it came naturally um, and it felt normal. It, I think I was knee deep in it by the time I looked up and said, you know, I don't want to be an opera singer. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so you already kind of just like just like when you were in college and you're, you know, you're you're directing the choir. Right. Already. Like you're like, yeah. So you kind of had already had these these things going, some side hustles that like with some friends and everything, and you go, you know what? I think I could. I got a a plan B, right? Like a yeah. Like, like it's okay <laughs> if plan A don't work out because I got this. I got this plan B that's kind of kind of been working on. Yeah, yeah. I love that's that. That's exactly what it was. I love that. So like, was there a mo- was there one moment particularly when you, you know, when you so 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 as you're creating Zamar, you know, like you said, you would kind of ask some friends here and there to join you, right? Is there, well, let me ask this. Is there like an official Zamar like roster or is it like sometimes it depends on like who's available for the tour kind of thing? Like, how do you approach that? So, yes, there is an official Zamar roster. Um, in fact, my group members are actually quite territorial, so <laughs> I have to like sneak new people in. But there is an official Zamar roster. There are about... 17 to 20 people on the official Zamar roster. If I bring in new and old, because a lot of times people will move away or go away to school. Sure. I'm not going to kick them out of the group just right. because 
you moved away. So I have some people who are on the roster, but they don't live here anymore. And some people who needed to take breaks because life was lifing. Right. And other things. And so they come back. In fact, on this particular tour, I think while I'm there, I actually have a member who moved away and he's been doing a lot of his own things in music. And he's going to be joining us on the road for the first time. He hasn't sung with us since like 2015. It's been a long time. So we're super excited to have him back. So I do have an official roster, but I also have some people that I can move around and in and out because they're former students of mine. They are familiar with what we do and how we do it. And um, it's kind of like a pledging process, I guess I would call it. You know, you're available for the things. And then after a while, I say, all right, add this person to the roster officially. I like that. I like that. That's cool. So, so what, um, so when you first started, like, I guess what, when was it that you officially were like, all right, we're going to call this thing like Sounds of Zamar. Like we're going to make this, (laughs) we're going to make this official. You know what I mean? It was in 2010. Um, is when we had a, a big concert and I said, this is going to be our name. This is now who we are. How did you come up with the um, name? So I have a friend who was stationed in Afghanistan. He's military, he was a preacher. And so he was studying um, in seminary while he was stationed there. And he started studying the Hebrew language because, of course, that's what they do in seminary. Uh-huh. And he told me, he said, you know, I know you're looking for words or whatever. I didn't want us to be, uh, you know, the trumpets in Zion or anything. I just, I didn't want that. I wanted a name that was a little deeper than Gabriel's horn or something. And so he suggested the words of Mar and that it translates in the Bible to sing praises. Um, and I kind of liked it. He also was just explaining to me how sometimes in English we don't have the the uh, verbiage to adequately describe words in other languages. And that um, uh, Zamar also has to do with playing the Psalms. It also can mean to bring to life or to charge the atmosphere or fill the atmosphere with music, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I liked it. I yeah. like the word and I like the translation. And so I said, the sounds of Zamar, which is different. You kind of don't know what you're getting. Like, are they Hebrew? Are they Arabic? <laughs> is this African? Is this right. you know, what is happening here? Um, and that's kind of what I wanted. And so that was how I chose the name. That's cool, um, man. I like that story. Trey and them before that. You were called Trey and them? I don't know. I kind of like Trey and them, too. I like that's <laughs> that's like from down the street. You know what right. I mean? That's from right. like, Absolutely. you know, training them from over yonder. Truly Southern. <laughs> right. Truly yeah, southern. yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like that, man. I kind of like training them. Zamar experience is much more, I mean, you know, it's got the flash. It's got the, you know, it's good. Oh, yeah. Train them. Train them. Lights, too. camera, action. I'm going to say, welcome to the stage. Train them. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I like that story. So wait, hang on. Let me back it up because like, so folks, if you're watching on, you know, on live on YouTube live or anything like that, you know, you can see Trey, um, but for those listening, you can't. So, Trey, you said that Zamar became official in 2010. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 2023 right now, and you are not an old guy. <laughs> 
So I'm older than I look. So, <laughs> so well, but I also know you said something to me in the break about how not old you are. So I'm in my mind. I'm like, I'm doing math right now. I'm like, dude, you were, you were a young guy when you. I mean, not that you're not a young guy now, but you were like a young buck, like when yeah. you started putting together your, your your group and your singing and everything. Where were you? Probably like early mid twenties. Yeah, I was. I was like 24. Wow. Yeah. That's that's amazing, man. Put your band together at 24, and y'all still still doing it. Yeah, and still mostly the same people. Mostly. Wow, wow, yeah. that's a feat. That that's that that takes a lot of work. I'm grateful. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Get that started at 24, and so so like you came out. So I mean, if I'm kind of walking back from there, I mean, you got out of undergrad. It didn't take you long to. To, to, to be like, nah, we're not doing opera and we're going to do this. And then let's start yeah. doing it. Almost as soon as I got home, I started to get invitations uh, to come sing places and teach my arrangements. I had already taken over the youth group that I was in in high school called Creative Impressions. I, was, I had become the creative director for that because our director had gone off to school. So I had plenty of places where I could teach my arrangements, where I could grow my knowledge and breadth of choir music and just kind of push myself to be more and more creative. So um, really right out of undergrad, I started doing it. That's really cool, man. So, like, I want to take a second and, and disconnect for a minute from the Zamar thing and ask you about something that I heard earlier. You know, and then, and then we're, we're going to go to break in a, in a minute or two, but then after that I want to talk more about the Zamar show you're going to be doing. But you mentioned earlier that, you know, you've mentioned a couple times that, that your mom had a lot of influence on your musical styles, right? And what you listened, obviously, as, as a lot of us, right? Our parents, what our parents listened to, what, what we heard maybe in church, went yeah. to church, what we, whatever, right? These are all things. That's why, hey, parents, if you're listening, that's why it's important, man. The arts are important yeah. for, your, for your kids. And, you know, what are you listening to? Your kids are going to listen to it. What are you taking them to see? Your kids are going to go see those things, right? It's good. I mean, it, it's good. Like, think about that. Because it, it plants those seeds, um, yeah. So, but you mentioned you mentioned, and I know we'll talk about it after the break. So I don't don't I don't want to spoil it too much. But you mentioned like musical theater as well. So, and you as a performer. So have you know? Did you have? Did you have experiences when you were younger as a performer? Like, did you get into musical theater type stuff as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, in middle school, elementary school, my school always put on musicals for the holidays. So exposed there. Um, usually I was the starring role of the main singer. Ah. And then in high school, I did some things with the Augusta Opera. Wow. So it was dope. So, so we only got a short time left for the break. Real quick, we got one minute. Real quick, favorite musical theater role you've played? Favorite musical theater role I've played. That's Or one of the uh, favorites. One of the favorites. How about one of the favorites? I know it's tough to just pick one. One, one of the favorites was... From Oklahoma, the uh, the main male character. I got to do his Curly? stuff in the sampler. Yeah. Nice. Just because it's some beautiful music. For real. Yeah. Rodgers and Hammerstein, right? Roger Hammerstein? No. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's who did Oklahoma, right? Yep. That's classic, man. That's classic. I like that. All right, Mr. Curly. There's some Curly. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to go to break one more time and then after break we're going to have one more uh section to talk with trey and we're going to focus next section about what you're going to experience 
when you come see the Zamar experience at Kane Center in a couple weeks. Don't touch that dial. Come back, know the scene. All right, know the scene. Tuesday afternoon, know the scene. Thanks for listening, everybody. By the way, uh, uh, if you are new joining us uh, and haven't listened much before, uh, please know that you can uh, enjoy this show uh, in its entirety uh, afterward. On It'll be up on YouTube. Um, the WSIC page will have it there, too. You can link it. Or also, uh, you know, go on to whatever podcast um, format you use, whether it's Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts, whichever one, and, and search Know the Scene, WSIC, and then smash that subscribe button. Smash it. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they say. That's what they say. Smash that subscribe button. And then not only can you listen to past episodes where we've had the chance to speak with a, a more awesome artists like Trey about their stories and how, you know, what they do as artists uh, and as professionals, right? Because that's, that's what I like, too, is highlighting artists that are, you know, professionals. I mean, that's what you are. You are professional artists, man. I think it's important that people know that. That's a, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a real profession. It's a real thing. And there are lots of things that you all do um, behind the scene, too, to, to make yourself prepared to, like you said, things like that vocal rest, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, those of us who have been in the industry at some point, like um, for us, we just, we just, yeah, of course. Right. But for, for folks that, that haven't been involved, like they don't, they don't think about it. Right. Yeah. Um, about everything that goes into it. Um, so I love being able to, to highlight that. So listen to past episodes on our, on our podcast. And then once you subscribe every week, it'll automatically update you with the most recent episodes so you can make sure you're listening so uh so yeah so all right well we'll back here with trey mcgoffin we're talking some more uh, about trey we're talking about his journey you know trey i like to pivot for a minute now right before the break we talked about trey uh doing a lot of musical theater when he was younger and uh his favorite role one of his favorite roles was curly um yes. in oklahoma which is a classic role um i'm surprised i was kind of surprised that now i gotta i just gotta ask like, have you been, have you been in Superstar? No. You have not been in JC Superstar? I haven't, but I would love to play Judas. I was getting ready to say with your, with like, you talking about like your baritone to tenor voice, like I would your experience. Oh, bro. I would kill it. I, I really, I, I love uh, JC Superstar. It's definitely it is, a dope musical. It was <clears> one of the first musicals that really got me into like when I was younger, like, I mean, I grew up like with the traditionals, right? Like, yeah, like my grandparents, you know, we used to watch the movie musicals, like singing in the rain and sound music and all that stuff. And I used to love Gene Kelly. I thought he was the man, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but then I remember when musicals became quote unquote cool for me was like, for some reason, like middle of high school, one of my friends just turned me on to JC Superstar and, Ju- mm-hmm. and that, and that opening number, man, J- uh, J- Judas comes out and it's just like, oh yep. man, are you kidding me? It was like rock and roll. Yeah, kind of as a musical. Absolutely. Which was like, and that's what they were going to. It it changed the era because before then, Rodgers and Hammerstein, that style of musical theater, which if if we really want to be honest, is very classical. Like yeah. if you're singing Rodgers and Hammerstein, anything, 
or even Sondheim a little bit. Mm, love Sondheim. If you're singing those things, they require classical technique, especially for the women. Like there are certain sounds you have to make. I feel like JC Superstar and other musicals like Rent yeah. definitely changed the sound of musical theater. Um, Rent is one of my other favorites. I haven't had been able to be in it. I've done excerpts from it. Okay. But um, Rent is another one of my favorites. Dear Evan Hansen, Hamilton, The Lion King, which are all things that you'll actually hear in the there show. There you go. There you go. That's what I was. That's what I was getting to. That's what I was exactly what I was getting to. I wanted to see because I know one of the things I wanted to help the audience out with here is you know that's exactly where I was going that direction with that musical theater stuff. Man, is tell the audiences that are listening now what all right so as far as they know they're like a gospel group coming to Kane center like man i don't you know like i mean or hey hey you know they're gonna be like okay gospel i'm a gospel fan or they're gonna go ooh, gospel i don't know like what right. tell me about tell them what what is the zamar experience show like the zamar experience show really is a show so i hope that people don't think that they're coming to church i mean there are gonna be some moments where we definitely give you black church all the way. But most of it is a musical journey through my head and my influences. So you're gonna hear Prince, you're gonna hear African music, you're gonna hear alternative rock music, you're gonna hear a little bit of country, you're gonna hear musical theater, you're gonna hear some of my Afro-Caribbean stuff that's on YouTube, you're gonna hear some of my alternative Christian stuff, or CCM is what we would call it, stuff that's on YouTube. It's some of everything. We're dancing, singing, changing clothes three or four times. So um, it's lights, camera, action. It's not just a concert and it's not just gospel music i love that man i love that that's that's i'm excited i'm excited for that too yeah because i think that also helps to kind of break down some barriers maybe right yeah definitely i have a lot of people who come to our shows who just came maybe because they're season ticket holders at the hall or just because somebody else wanted to come or whatever and they have stayed after to let me know that they didn't know what they were going to get, but they really enjoyed themselves. So um, we're super excited and we love crowd participation. So we invite them in to join us. It's like a big musical party. Yeah. Speaking of that, um, I know you're going to be doing something special for our audiences here. Um, For folks that, that are coming, once you purchase your ticket, after you purchase your ticket, you're offered the opportunity to Mm -hmm. um, also register for a, a free workshop uh with yep. trey um where trey tell about what what's what happens in this workshop so typically it's it's like when i do my youtube videos where we all sing together but i'll teach them some music and then it'll be music from the show which means there'll be a certain part of the show where i'll actually invite them if they want it's no pressure to come up on the stage and actually sing with us, which Mm. is always a dope experience. Because, you know, black church music is about community. Gospel music is all about community. Um, it's, It's deeply rooted in African tradition where music is a part of everyday life and it's not a thing where if you're in a tribe and 
people are singing, they're not performing for you. They're singing about something that's going on and it's for the entire community uh, to join in with. And I believe that transcends just African culture. I think in every culture at the root of it, music is a communal thing. It's all about creating community, not about this person performs and we watch. Right. So we're always excited and grateful for crowd participation. I think it's one of our favorite things. I love that. I love that, man. Yeah. So if you're, so if you're, if you're, if you're now about to go and, and, and get your ticket to see, this is my experience, make sure you, you sign up for that workshop as well. Um, because I'm also willing to bet if you're, you know, if you're musically inclined or have a kid or someone that's musically inclined, you know, have them come and they'll probably even get, maybe, maybe even be able to get a few tips from, tips from Trey, the, the vocal, uh, vocal and music, music <laughs> coach as well here or there from an expert like him. So that's awesome, man. I'm excited to, to, to hear that about the show and well, and, um, for everyone else to hear that. So it's, so it's not. You know, as Trey was saying, this isn't just, uh, not that anything's wrong with it, but it's not just that traditional gospel show, right? It's going to go a little bit of everything. It's going to go around, like you said, you know, everything from from rock to, to, to theat- musical theater stuff. Like you said, traditional African country type music. music. You said like some Calypso in there, like country. Calypso, like, country music. We yeah, got some everything. That's going to be a time. Yeah, yeah it is. That's, I'm excited. That's gonna be a time, man. We're excited to have you. Um, what are some What are some things that are coming up next on uh on Zamar's radar, man? What do you guys You guys got anything coming up that you're you're looking forward to? We're super excited about going to Mexico. It's actually my first time there, hmm. so um, really excited about that. We're doing a big musical festival there. Um, that I will also be doing a workshop there, which means I have to do a little bit of Spanish, and I like languages, so that'll make me (laughs) happy. French is my thing, but I I like languages, Um, so that'll be fun. And then we get to go to Canada in February, which is super huge. I've been overseas several times, but I have not been able to take my entire group. So I think this will be the beginning of us starting to really travel abroad um, and I love giving my friends experiences like that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. But I, I love that. Like you said, I mean, you believe music is a truly a community experience. So like, do it with your people, you know, and yeah. make sure they're, they're celebrating what you're celebrating, you that's know, right. and sharing that, sharing that, sharing the, the blessings with everybody, you know? That's right. That's right. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, 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 uh, down in, down in Augusta and that's where you're from, right? You said you're from Augusta. Yes. What's this like, man? Did you ever, you know, when you were a kid in Augusta growing up, did you ever think you'd be traveling the the continent and and beyond, you know, performing and singing and getting to take all your best friends with you? Oh, yeah, I knew. God told me when I was a little kid, he told me that I was going to be doing all of this. Now, he didn't tell me when, so I thought when I turned 16 and it hadn't happened yet, I might as well give it up. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because we're all like impatient kids, man. That's that, right? Yeah. But I've always seen this for myself ever since I was a kid, and I do believe this is just beginning. Well, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, hey, congratulations, uh, Trey, on all your successes and hard work coming to fruition. And uh, yeah, we're going to welcome you, man. We're looking forward to welcoming you here to Lake Norman, just nor- uh, here in this area and, uh, and our communities. Uh, reminder, yeah. Trey, you can catch Trey 
McLaughlin the Sounds of Zamar at Kane Center for the Arts on November 3rd at 8 p.m. I'm sorry, November 4th at 8 p.m., November 5th at 4 p.m. Uh, get your tickets, canearts.org. And Trey, thank you so much, man. We're looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Yes, sir.